for the word. Really good to talk to you. Tonight about, I feel like the Lord gave me a message that we're going to call it contrary to popular belief. Contrary to popular belief. really a statement that's used to introduce a statement that's the opposite of what you thought to be true to most ordinary people, right? It's the opposite. It's contrary to what you've been told, right? And we live in the kingdom, and I, I just, I feel like the Lord wants to t uh, just open some things up to us. How many want to increase in in, in their, uh, just in their life and their vision, you know, every one of us in this room wants to increase in that area, and we, w we don't want things. I, I, my, my, my job tonight is to remove roadblocks, right? Things that hinder us, things that keep us from moving forward, and we're going to talk, we're going to just go out of this, this story. Everyone knows it. it was, you know, Peter's uh, a popular character that we we often make fun of, but he's in every one of you. His personality, how he operates, it's in every one of us, right? So Matthew 14, verse 22. I better open to it because I don't have it in my, in my thing tonight. the word of God because I think as we read the whole content of the chapter we get a good picture of what's happening right so he's Jesus is we get the news that John the Baptist is about to be killed or actually he is beheaded so they go to you know there's a request of of Herod's Herod's wife's daughter that that the head of John the Baptist be served to her on a platter and this is just a picture of the prophetic voice being cut. And now Jesus, we have Jesus on the scene, and, and he's out, and he's just moving in miracles just all over the place. And he comes to uh, a place where the, they're trying to, the disciples are trying to get him, come on, let's go, let's get away from the multitudes. And he said, no, 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 let's, let's, let's feed him. He's like, we have nothing. And so Jesus being Jesus, just multiplies everything that they've got. And so then we see in verse 22, you know, they, they get through this whole thing and they're cleaning up and Jesus is like, you, need to, you guys need to go. Verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him on the other side. There was an emphatic <laughs> petition on Jesus to tell the disciples to go their own way, right? These guys are spending 24-7 all the time together, and he's like, go, just take a boat ride. I'll see you on the other side. I'll meet you later. The other side of the lake. So they take off, right? And we'll just read through the account. 
But immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. The word is strongly urged. He strongly urged them to go. Right? And when he had, when he had sent the multitudes away, he went to the mountain to, to be by himself and pray. And now when evening came and he, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. You can say contrary. The wind was contrary. And now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out onto the water, like he would usually do. <laughs> Lord, no, you're not going to the cross. Get behind me, Satan. Right? And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And when he, Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you have little faith. That's little piscous faith, tiny faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. <laughs> that would be obvious. And when they had crossed over, the, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men... Of that place recognized him, they sent out all the surround to all the surrounding region and brought to him all who were sick and begged him that he might only touch that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched it were made perfectly well. So Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I ask that you just open it up to us. Lord, we, we desire to go ahead and not stay behind. Lord, you called us out of places to step from one place to the next. And Lord, tonight we're asking that you give us a grace to do that. That Holy Spirit, you teach us, that you show us, that you enlighten the word of God so that we can hear and see and, and act in obedience and move in obedience. And so we thank you tonight for what you're about to do. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that's going to give us the ability to do these things. And we stand on your grace your love to do it in Jesus name I just want to look at the word contrary because that's the first word that came to my my mind when as I'm reading through the account it said what that the wind was contrary he said that the boat was now in the middle of the sea and tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary and let me just talk to you tonight about being almost somewhere being halfway there I don't know the Lord was showing me some things on Wednesday night as we were here praying together uh, that 
that there's a whole place where he's has things stored up for us. How many know that there's an inheritance that you've yet to receive? There's things that God has for you that you've yet to receive, and they're, they're stored away in a place, <laughs> in a literal place, and they're waiting for you. I'm telling you that. That's the truth. Because God has called us all to step into our inheritance. So I just feel like th this was very picturesque of what God is doing in, in this time because he's calling us what? Out of being comfortable. Calling us out of a place of being very settled. And when we're settled, I'm not saying that all the time when we're settled, it's, it's not God. Sometimes he leaves us in a settled place for a season. But when things are uncomfortable, when we can't seem to move ahead, the only way to get out of it is to get uncomfortable, right? So I don't want to live in a place somewhere between where I started to where I'm going and not be ready to get across the rest of the way, right? And so I just, contrary is what? It's opposite in nature. It's contrary. It's a different direction. It's going against what you think is about to happen something different coming against you, right? And so opposite nature, direction, or meaning, it's to, in, it's to um, be inclined to disagree or to do the opposite of what the expected desire is. I'm just going to go through a few things because there's, there's things that God wants us to see in this that when Peter was moving and Jesus was walking you know these guys were fishermen can I say it was the fourth hour it was dark and the winds were high <laughs> but it's not like these guys probably had not you know sailed a ship at night before had gone on a boat at night before Come on, I, you know as fishermen, at least three or four of them were fishermen. And Peter was on the boat. And you know he was a fisherman. I'm sure James and John were there as well. And so the, the Spirit of God really wants us to, to take a picture of this and look at it. And how does it apply to our lives? Because God is calling each one of us in this room to step out from a place of comfort into a place of faith right? But I want you to just look and realize that those things that are coming against us that we look at in the midst of our journey, there's always things that are going to try and press you and push you back and push you backwards or to stop you from moving forward, right? Every one of us. In verse 26, let's just look at this. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea. They were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. Not even he's a ghost. It's a ghost. Come on, it is. The Holy Ghost. Come on. And they cried out for fear. So here it is, right? Three things the disciples saw. They were troubled, and they cried out. 
for what? Fear. And I'm telling you, every one of them were dealing with the same thing that Peter was, except for they weren't stepping out of the boat. And so when I just want to talk to us tonight about our eyesight, what we perceive things as, because when we look at things and they're contrary to where we're going, how do we respond? Like things, there can be things in our lives that like we're trying to make life changes. We're trying to move beyond the way we've thought before. We're trying to move ourselves into a, a whole new place. Yet we're struggling because we don't see things correctly. And then what? It brings anxiety. Anxiety. Because we don't want to move from the comfort into the place where God's calling us. Because I'm telling you, every one of us in this room, including myself, <laughs> is not getting from where they are now to where they need to be unless there's a little discomfort. Right? God's called us all to this place, right? Where we have to take a risk, right? But we see that they, they saw something, that they were troubled, they, moved, they were in anxiety. And what does anxiety bring? Fear. And these are three things, because how we perceive things, then we, right? It's how you perceive things that bring what? Anxiety. And even what was exhorted up here tonight, to have a heavenly perspective, right? God's calling us to have God's perspective that's why I need the Word of God. That's why I need the presence of God. That's why I need to soak in as much of God as I can and be in His presence as much as I can so that the anxiety, come on, I see things and I see them differently. Because when I see things differently, when I see them through the eyes of faith, then I don't have anxiety. And the Lord was saying to me, you need to doubt your doubt. You need to doubt the things that you... You doubt, because most of us are doubting what's trying to bring us ahead. Okay? So God, they cried out for what? Fear. And some of you have been in cycles that keep you in the same place, and there's no different result. We'll get into that at the end. But the reality is God wants to bring us out of that into the fullness of, of where he's called you to, right? So that we walk in truth. See, and, and we can't depend on our natural senses. I'm telling you, the there's a reason why Hebrews exhorts us, right? To, to, to understand and know our spiritual senses, right? You've got to have spiritual sense to know where you're going. Yeah? You've got to be able to see where you're going. And if you don't see it through the goggles and the glasses of, of, of Jesus, if the Holy Spirit, like, I like what Bobby Connor said. He said, you know, at one point he was, he was looking at, at something. It was spiritual going on. And, and the Holy Spirit said, push over. Let me see. Like, God wants to do that to us. He wants to shift us out of who we are and what we're doing so that we can have his perspective on things and the Holy Spirit wants to really invade us 
in such a way. That's why I tend, like tonight, I, don't, I didn't even want to, it's like I was in one of those I don't want to talk modes. Because I just want God to just come in and, and do stuff. But sometimes, you know, <laughs> we need the word of God, right? We need the presence of God to help us with the word. Like to un- open up our, our lives to the word like so that we can see correctly. And so this is all about perspective. And God's trying to change the whole church's perspective on things. He's trying to change us as individuals so our perspective is clear and not foggy, in faith and not in doubt, moving us beyond ourselves into the supernatural because you can't do it on your own. You can't even get faith on your own. You can't even pull and muster stuff up. I can't even hype it up. Because it'll just all be false. I can just, even if I say I'm standing on the word, really? Because some of us, we hear things from God, and they're true. Some of us hear things from our soul, and we don't know if they're God or not. Hello. Sometimes we're hearing what we want, and it's got nothing to do with Jesus. And I'm not, it can even be a good thing, but it may not be God. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the Spirit of God is one, right? He, Isaiah said this, right? He said, who who go? Isaiah 6 and 9 said, he said, go tell this people, keep on hearing, but don't understand. Keep on seeing, but don't perceive. Make the hearts of the people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes. Lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Listen, God is trying to get us to perceive things well, right? Because every time we're in the presence of the Holy Spirit and we read the Word of God, I can't understand, I always say this, I can't understand this Word unless He's on the Word. Like, I I need the author to teach me what the Word is saying. Does that make sense? It shouldn't shouldn't be, I just, even if, memorizing is good, because you steer, you know, I I, uh, store the Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Right, but the reality is, if I don't get it, if I don't even, I, I can store the word in my heart and still sin. Hello, I can have all word in me, and still do stupid stuff. Right, but the but the spirit of God is calling us to live out of this place where what I want to return and be healed. I want to live out of a place where I perceive things well, where I do have the spirit. That's why he said in the to. To the disciples, right? I'm teaching you these things, and I'm saying them in parables so that what? So that the hidden things can be taught. And so we need to have eyes to see and ears to hear so that the Holy Spirit can speak and release His presence on everything that we're doing. I said it, everything. Everything that we're doing. Because He wants to declare and He wants you to see and know what He's about to do. Don't you think so? Because the reality is, he's bringing us to that place. Again, Jeremiah was like, I don't even want to get into this, really. But hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes not to see, and who have ears not to hear. Do you not fear me, says the Lord. I didn't tell you where it was. It was 521. Right? Although it, it says, will you not tremble at my presence? who have placed the sands as a bond of the sea and by a perpetual decree 
that it cannot pass beyond it, right? Borders, right? And though its waves toss to and fro, yet you cannot prevail. They roar, yet you cannot, you cannot pass over. Here's what God's saying, right? But the pe- this people has a defiant and rebellious heart. I'm not beating on you tonight. Come on, I love you. But they revolt and departed. They do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord God. And he's talking about those who are far away from the Lord. But I'm, I'm just, I'm making this point. And I'll finish. Because let us now fear the Lord. They didn't say this. Let us now fear the Lord who gives us rain in both the former and the latter. How many, I want the former and the latter rain. I want the presence of God to be raining on my life so that nothing, I don't miss a thing, that I don't miss the blessing, that I don't miss the purpose, that I don't miss the destiny. And he reserves us for a point. He reserves us the appointed weeks for the harvest. Ready? Your iniquities has turned these things away. Now, can I just touch iniquities for a moment? Because iniquities are, are generational sins that people are bound by. They don't even, sometimes we don't even know we're bound by them, but everything goes back to zero. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it makes our, we go through these cycles, again, that, that God wanting to break, and he will break them. Come on. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 53 that what? He was bruised. He was crushed for my iniquities. So all my family's stuff, the blood of Jesus breaks. Come on, you've got to apply the blood to it. And not continue it. Because what happens is we, if we continue it, it's just an iniquity that keeps going down the line to the kids, to the chil- grandchildren. Da, 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 da. No, no more. With Christ, you changed, right? And so the iniquities, but it says this, your iniquities have turned these things away and your sins have withheld what? Good from you. Ouch. I don't like that. I don't even like reading that. I don't love reading the book of Jeremiah. Because most of it's like, ugh. But there's truth and there's hard truth that the Lord wants us to understand because if we, if we continue in iniquity, the good things are withheld. Nah. But in Christ, right, the blood of Jesus covers a multitude, right? The love of God covers a multitude. His presence covers that. But we just walk in what? That's why holiness and purity is so important. Because when we live out of a place where we're obedient to the Holy Spirit, when we love Him so much that I'm just, in, I'm just completely, my mind is on Him, my, my eyes always behold Him, and I keep my eyes and my heart towards Him, and I don't shed, I don't go this way or that way, right? But there's generational things that God wants to bust and destroy in your family line, and it should end, right? It's just, he wants to do it. And sometimes we block him from doing it, and this is what I'm saying, when you get stuck, because we're going to talk about getting stuck. How many ever been stuck? Like in the process of life, you ever been stuck? Yeah. I've been stuck. On occasion, I get stuck. Right now, moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. God wants you to keep moving forward, right? So then we go back to the scripture, right? We see that, that Peter, what does he see? He goes back to this and he sees this, this, this boisterous wave as if it's not already rough out there. 
Peter says, calls to the Lord, says, call me out there if it's you. <laughs> like, it's almost like he knows it's Jesus. He says, call me out there. And then, you know, you just got Jesus. He's walking on the water. Just like casual day, he was up praying, walking on the water. That's true. That's the Bible. He was walking on the water. It wasn't like, you know, this is not, this is real. He's walking on the water. And he calls Peter out. Now listen, they were a half a night across, and Jesus was praying, and he realizes, I better catch up to those dudes. So he takes off, right from the beach, right on. I love it. I want to see the tape. I want to see the video, right? But the Holy Spirit has this thing, right? He wants, he's calling him out. And so the Holy Spirit's in, right? Jesus, the Holy Ghost, right? Calling him out, calling you out, calling you to step out of the boat. And you're like, ah, it's bad in the boat. <laughs> it's worse on the water. Because this is what we do. We start looking at the surrounding situations, Right? And if, I'm telling you, it couldn't have been a better situation for Jesus because he's like, we'll watch Pete now, right? <laughs> because he steps out of the boat. It says that the, all of a sudden there was a, a, the winds got stronger and they're boisterous. It was, a, it was a surge of wave. That's how it's described in the Greek, right? So it was like this, all of a sudden this boom. So then as soon as he steps out, it got more crazy. And so I'm telling you, listen, I'm not looking for the, for the things that are always going to resist me. But the truth is, in the Bible, we get a lot of things that show us this. When there's resistance, you got to press in. When there's things that are, are going to hold you back, you need to step out. When it looks bad, you really need to step in. And when it looks like contrary, contrary to popular belief, you're going to make it. Not only that, you're going to be victorious in it. You're going to thrive in it. You're going to walk through the storm. You're going to walk through the waves. You're going to walk through the things that God has already set up for a lesson for us so that we step into faith. And so sometimes we're thinking that, man, it's, it can't, how's it even going to happen? But the kingdom of God, when, when we talk about kingdom, it's like you do the opposite. Right, I had, I gotta find this sweatshirt because I want, I want it. It said, love everybody or love everyone. I was like, that's gonna be black and white. It was nice graphic. I don't know, I might have to reproduce it or something. I don't know where it came from because I was looking online, I couldn't find it. So anyway, my point being, love everybody. That's not, that's like not normal. That's the opposite of what the rest of the world is doing. Oh, I know there's this, yeah, yeah, we got to accept everybody. That's different. That's very different. Hashtag, leave it alone. <laughs> but the reality is, the Holy Spirit wants to bring us into a, an end that where we live out of this place where we do the opposite of what the world does and what the spirit of the age does. And so when we look at situations, you have to see redemption, right? 
Like, I know it's the, we live in a depraved time, right? And the Holy Spirit wants you to be a light and encouragement and to pull people, just like Jesus did, in, even in, in the midst of, of seas and crazy stuff going on. Like, I want you to think about people that are around you. That brings me to my next point, because I've been meaning to say this for three weeks. Listen, we live in community here. I want you to think about people that you don't usually know. I reach out to people that you don't normally reach out to. Can you do that? Like, and if new people come in, don't let them leave without loving on them. Like, I don't think we make a habit of that. But my point is, you just need to go beyond. We need to go beyond ourselves with reaching out to one another. Like, I know we hang out with certain people. And I'm not even saying it's clicky. It is, though. But what happens is we don't reach out to the people that we don't see all the time. Or you, and listen, what happens is, how did I even get on this? The reality is we need to do this because it, it helps build community. Because me or my wife or Joe and Marie or any of, the other, any of the other people trying to reach out to everyone and gather, <laughs> it's like insane. You understand? And I don't mean I, we don't do it, but the reality is it's so much better if, like, people cross-pollinate all the time. <laughs> it is. It's crazy good because it, we have to. Because if, if we can't do it here, how do you do it? <laughs> like, really? You know what I'm saying? If we can't do it here, like, if, if we can't get it right inside... How's it going to be right outside? Right? And some of us are just, some of us like alienate too. So those who are alienators, those who are like, hold themselves back, come on. Remember that message? Snap out of it. All right. I'll get off of this now. Sorry. But the wind becomes stronger as we like things, conditions all of a sudden be amplified when we step into something new, right? And so there's going to be changes here soon, real soon, here, moving into things, moving ahead into things. Come on, growth, increase, come on. It has to happen. And guess what? I'm Peter. So I have to step out and do some things and do some mass, massive changes that is scary for me, very scary, very scary, because I'm used to doing things one way, I don't care how anyone, I can relate to certain people in this room, because they know how to work hard and just make money, it's easy, just work, it's easy, with this, it's different, like, do I work hard, what is this, like, what is this, like, how do I even do this and make a living? Like, support my family. I don't even know. So, there's going to be changes very, very soon. Very soon, I'm warning you. I'm warning you. <laughs> no. So, sometimes conditions get worse before we step into God. Sometimes, we feel like we're about to drown in a situation before it gets better. Right? We see that with Peter. Like, Peter's like plummeting into the ocean. 
likely because he's not believing and he's stepping and he's moving and he's trying to trying to do trying to listen to jesus and trying to be but he's looking at conditions around him and he begins to sink and so with all of us as we look come on this is what i'm saying if we get eyes that are pointed towards heaven if we get eyes that stay on the master because i think what happened was he began to not look at jesus anymore he was looking at the situation he's looking at the waves it was description of the, of the waves everything getting like riled up around him and when you begin to look at the stuff around you you start to go down because you can't meditate on the things going on around you. As soon as you meditate on those things, those things will bring you down. And you need to be focused on the one thing, on the one person, on the, on, on the love of Jesus, on who he is. Because he loves you so much, he won't let you drown. He won't. You just need to be faithful in looking to him. Just focus on him. Because that's what this whole thing is about. I don't care what we do. If we do anything, we got to focus on the Lord. I have to love him well and chase him and look to him. And when I'm looking at him, come on, everything's going to change around me because I'm not going to see. It may not change. I might have to walk through storms. I might have to walk through seas. I might have to walk through fire. It might happen that way because we see Daniel. We get, there's all kinds of, you go through the Bible, everyone was going through something to get to the place where God was calling them. I don't want to go to pits and prisons and all that stuff. That doesn't sound fun to me. I'll just go to the palace. Thank you. Just defer the prison in the pit. Thank you. But the word of the Lord tested Joseph, right? And so every one of us has this place. So sometimes these things are causing us to feel what? Uncomfortable. I don't like it when it's even a little cold anymore. <laughs> I think I like south of the border now, you know? <laughs> Come on. But we have something to do here, and the Holy Spirit's going to say, you know, I better just wear my, you know, under armor or whatever I got to do. I do it out there. I can do it here, right? Holy Spirit's calling us to do something beyond ourselves, and he doesn't want us to be comfortable where we're at. Contrary to popular belief, you don't need to be comfortable all the time. You don't need to be comfortable all the time. I'm telling you, it's a kingdom principle. Don't get comfortable. Allow your life to change at any given moment. Any given moment, right? Right? Peter knew this all too well. Ready? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. I love this. See? He made it through. Come on, he was crucified, like, well, not just like Jesus. He was crucified upside down. He ended up dying. He was a martyr. But he, like, he was the, he was the guy that broke it open for the church. All the mess-ups, all the scrutiny he gets by, from all of us preachers. He did it, and he did it well. Because who was, who was the one to come out on the, on the day of Pentecost and said, listen, this is what it is. Only by one name you can be saved. And you need to be, re you need to be repent and be baptized. And the Holy Spirit, boom. Come on, showed up and 3,000 were saved in a moment. Right? 
grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus, as his divine power has been given to us, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, knowing that the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue, by which he has been, by which, by which have been given to us exceedingly great, prom- great and precious promises. And through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of this, uh, that is in this world through lust, right? And, and, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, ready? All diligence. Add to your faith virtue. What's that? That's virtue. That's the life of God moving through you, right? And virtue, knowledge. And knowing And to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. Mm -hmm. Ready? And to brotherly kindness, love. Listen, if we just do that portion, if we just live out of that, faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, it's done. Right? Right? For if these things are yours, he's reminding you that it already is yours because the divine nature of God's inside of you. When you become born again, when your life is, a, when you become a new creation, that these things are already yours. They're already inside of you. And what we're trying to do is break and live in, in a place of deliverance, right? For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You won't be unfruitful. It won't happen like that. You will live out of a place of fruitfulness and power. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed of his old sins. See, that's where we get tripped up. We forget. Iniquity's been broken. Sin's been broken. The power of sin's been broken. Why? By the blood of Jesus Christ. Because when you accept him as Jesus, as Lord, when you accept him and you acknowledge him and you confess with, his, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe what? In your heart, not just read off the card and you're saved. No, that's not how it goes. Because we've got ministries that are saying, just say this, just say this. And it's got to come from the heart. It's not about me strong arming you to say a prayer it's about jesus christ living in your in the inside of you right and so the reality is that that's that's the thing that that trips us up you've been saved you've been cleansed righteousness is is a gift to you holiness is already it's already instilled in you you just got to walk it out therefore brethren be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Never. That's a strong word. Never stumble. If you do these things, you'll never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? So, contrary to popular belief, you're going to walk this thing out. Contrary popular belief you're going to bring your whole life into a whole nother level because you believe what he says and you step into it 
we step into it. So we're not living with an old mindset, right? Because an old mindset will do what? Send you contrary to your faith, right? Contrary to belief, you're not afraid of any storms anymore, right? Contrary to, to popular belief, you won't, <laughs> you won't drown. You won't sink. You might get wet. I can promise you, you probably get wet. You know, this upsplash up, up and that type of thing will happen, but you won't drown. When Jesus calls you to step out of the comfortable to expand and increase your life, right? So I just want to talk to you, and I'll finish off with this about getting stuck, because God does not want us stuck. God's calling you out of being stuck. No more being stuck. Right? It's, it's simple. We, we believe and step towards God. We hear Him. We move towards Him. He calls us. Come here. We go to Him. Because if He's called you and said, come, what are you doing? What are we doing? So we can be stuck and not, and not even know it. I just start with that because I've been in seasons in my life where I don't figure it out for like a long period of time that I'm stuck. So we need to not go through the motions because that's how you don't understand and you don't know. We go through the motions. Number one, sometimes we just go through the motions. And so that's why church... <laughs> It's very important not to get stuck in religion because when we get, get stuck in religion, it's the same thing every day. It's just redundant. It's just over and over. It's just there's no joy. You're just walking and doing the same thing every day. I read my Bible. I read my five chapters. I, read, I pray for 20 minutes. I read everything. Ugh. Kill that thing. The spirit of religion needs to go. That's what that is. Things happen over and over, and we expect a different result. We expect a different result, and we're doing the same thing. When, you, when we're expecting God's glory and presence to come, and we just go and have, hang out and have church, and then lock up and leave. Right? You got to mix it up. You've got to believe that God wants to change some things and move us into different things. And if, if we're just stagnant, going through the motions, just on repeat, doing the same thing over and over. And you've got to understand, because Romans tells me that God is waiting. Everything God has for us is waiting for us. With excitement even. Like, can't wait till we do it. Like, all creation is groaning. And excited for what the sons of God are about to do in the earth. Excited. Yet we come to church and we're like, someone needs to revive our face. You know? Serious. You guys aren't so like painting tonight. I like that. Because sometimes it's like an oil painting, but there's a lot of responses. I like this. Do this every week. No, it's, it's true though, right? 
So it, it's not about, I can't repeat. Reload, repeat. Reload, repeat. Reload, repeat. Like I was thinking, even, even, and I don't even shoot guns, but if you're just shooting at a target all day, it's just repetitive. Doesn't it get boring? I used to do it, actually. But it's boring. You need something moving, you know. That's why I like paintball. You get people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was fun. I got people, you know, it's not even like an animal. You don't feel good about animals. It's like taking them down. It's not fun. You know, it's awful. But anyway, we'll leave that. Just it's not there. I'm not there. Sorry. But if I can chase a person that's going to defend themselves, that's fine. I feel that's okay. It's just pain. It's just pain. It hurts, but it's pain. Number two, very important. We make excuses rather than change. We make excuses like something's going to change. Like I have a thousand excuses for why I don't do certain things. <laughs> Leave it. No, no, no. Make excuses rather than change. Excuses defeat your destiny. Remember the story about the, the lepers that were outside the... There was a massive famine. And they made this decision. It's either, either we go into the city to see if there's food or we die here. Or we go that way and hit the armies and we'll die there. So you've got to make a decision to do something. He had to step out of the boat. But we think our decisions, if we make decisions, we're going to die. You're not going to die. No, I'm serious because we do this. And we don't think you do it, but you think something is bad's going to happen. And the worst thing that could happen is you make a mistake. Some of you are in situations, it doesn't matter. You just need to make the decision to do things, and you'll be free of other things. Right? It's not even an issue. It's like you've been whirling and whirling and going through cycles and cycles. Same people, same situations. You just got to make a decision. Right? Something's, nothing bad's going to happen. Nothing bad. Ready? Make excuses rather than changes. You set deadlines to the dead ends. <laughs> There's got to be a dead end. There's got to be a place where you need to make a decision. It's going to stop here. I'm right there. I got to stop here. I'm there right now in my life. I'm going to stop at a dead end. When is enough? Enough? When is it enough? When do you stop? When do you make a change? You have to make a timeline and a change there. July 3rd. getting married <laughs> July is always when things happen shift time okay 
What's, what's holding us back? What's keeping us stuck? Doubting God and doubting your destiny. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's, that's the truth. That's like, bam. I don't have scriptures. It's just things I'm thinking of, right? Doubting God and doubting your destiny. What's your destiny? What's God said to you? What's he saying to you? What, do you? what were you created to do? What are you about to do? Come on, there's a whole plate. There's platters, there's things that are stored in a warehouse ready for you, waiting. It's just waiting. But you just have to make a decision. Go. Or don't. Just stay where you are. God speaks. How many know that when God speaks, he's got a good thing for you ahead? When the, Lord be, when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to your heart, he's got something good ahead. And what happens is we begin to doubt what God says, and it's really got everything to do with our destiny. And even if he's showing us pictures of what it looks like, you need to try and move towards that thing. Because you won't get there unless you make decisions to do it. Come on, I'm preaching real good to myself tonight. Yeah, ready? If you doubt, you'll do without. But if you believe, you'll receive. If you doubt, you'll do without. Did I make it up? I made it up. <laughs> if you doubt, you'll do without. But if you believe, you'll receive. Believe or receive is already coined somewhere. to live contrary to popular belief because I don't care the crowds will never cheer you on to do it and then I, I had this written down before but we need to doubt our doubt we need to doubt the things that we doubt that's solid I think because that brings us into faith and when I doubt the things that are holding me back said that to me. Ready? Here's a good one. It's the last one. <laughs> Fear and dread your future. I know they're all negative coined, but it's things that we that are preventing us from going forward. Fear and dread your future. How many I used to live this way. No, I'm I'm serious. Like I would wake up and I'd think something bad happened, and something bad's waiting for me today. That's how I used to live mentally when I was addicted and I was running the streets. That's how I lived. Even when I became a Christian, I still had this, like, things are going too good. Something's going to blow up. Right? So you don't want to run forward. You don't want to run fast because you're not worried. You're, like, worried things are just going to self-destruct in front of you. Something's going to happen. Right? And God's trying to break that off of people. Because that's a lie, and it came into you sometime long ago, and the enemy's going to break that tonight. He'll break it. You just got to move into it. Right? We dread your future. The Holy Spirit has great things for you. But the fear of circumstances and people will keep us locked up. Right? The whole idea in, in everything, right? 
when I, when I got free a few weeks ago, the Lord said, I don't have to change anyone. You just got to unlock people. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. Because it's not for me to change you. It's for me to just serve. Right? And when I do that, I'm, my, my purpose is, God, you need to give me something that's going to unlock people's hearts today. Or in whatever I'm doing, daily. Like, I just need to disarm things and not change anyone. And so here's the thing. When we dread, there's things, I, that's a strong word, dread. You dread your future because you don't know what's there. And we become fearful instead of running for it, excited about it. Because that's the thing. We got to get control of our thoughts that are contrary to the word. Because we live in this place that is contrary to the word of God. The things that we say, the things that we declare, they're contrary to God's word. But then, then it goes like this. It's, it's, it's time to change the fear into excitement. And expectation. And that's where we want to live out of. Right? Because the Holy Spirit has a purpose for you. He's got a destiny for you. He doesn't want you to live in doubt. He doesn't want to live you, li you living in a place where you're bound or fearful of the future. That's extreme, dread. But I've had that feeling in, my, in myself. Not any times recently, but I used to live out of that place. Like I would dread. Like I'd have this sick pit in my stomach. And God wants to change that. He wants to break that. Like when we become born again, there's no place for dread. There's no place for fear. There's no place for anything that's going to keep us bound up, that we stay back, that we stay behind, that we don't move forward, that we're living out of the past and not into the future. So we're going to pray for a few things tonight. you just want to be free I just want to be free from anything that hinders me I don't want to be stuck I don't want to be stuck so any place where you're stuck God wants to remove the blockade right he wants to remove everything holding you back he wants to move you beyond yourself he wants to move you into a whole new place 